E-S-N-Y. It's a big week. Very big week. Yeah. Let's oh see. my gosh. Things happened, guys. Things actually happened. Like last off season was the worst. Free agency market was terrible. Nothing happened for the longest time. Winter meetings were probably the most boring thing in the entire world. This year, it all went down. I didn't even pay attention to winter meetings last year. I was like, this is boring. This, I I, nothing it, happened. Yeah. Nothing happened. I watched um, the recaps and stuff on ESPN. I saw John Boy and Jake there, and they were, like, waving in the background. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, wasn't that exciting. You know, I, I follow the, the important writers and people on Twitter, and last year they just didn't tweet anything. Exactly. I, I have a gripe with one of the writers. But, all right, let's introduce it. This is episode 37, probably, of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast, presented by Elite Sports New York. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC, 3315 Dittmars Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Follow them on Instagram. They probably have a Facebook, maybe even a Twitter. Who knows? Uh, but they post a lot of pictures of food. So it really doesn't get any better than that. I forgot to follow them last week. I should probably do that now, huh? Absolutely. But... Okay. All right, winter meetings just happened, and the biggest signing in the entire world took place. The Yankees re-signed Brett Gardner. Yeah, that was actually my joke. Why did you take that? I knew you, you had it queued up. I knew you me. wanted to talk about that first. Ah, you took it from me. I mean, they obviously paid a lot for him. He had his best offensive year last year. He is a, a bona fide leader in the clubhouse. I mean, you, you had to keep him. Yeah, it would have made absolutely no sense if Brett Gardner wasn't a Yankee next year. It just right. uh, it's it was too perfect of a fit. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad they inked him, you know, to a one year deal with um, with an option for a second year or a buyout. So you know, obviously, if he just decides to hang up the cleats, then he hangs up the cleats. Um, I think the best part of that, I cried definitely. Like the. <laughs> The other night, we'll talk about that later. Never mind. Um, but Tyler Wade, you know, was posting on Instagram stories and he posted about uh, Guardy coming back. And then he's like, but who would win in a race? And, you know, I actually voted for Tyler Wade. I voted for Tyler Wade, too. But it was really just because it was his Instagram post. I wanted to be supportive. I think we all know who the real winner of that race would be. Yes, you're right. Gary Sanchez. Yes. Definitely not old man Brett Gardner. No, that guy's not. way too old to be running around fast. Hey, but he's getting paid $12.5 million to do so next year. So That's pretty hefty. That's pretty hefty for Gardy. It is. It is. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing is they, they just wanted to keep him as a leader in the clubhouse. I, I think he's, you know, you know what I think about Brett Gardner. I think it's going to be a great, great thing for him. And 
hopefully Clint Frazier figures out his defense and Brett Gardner turns into, you know, kind of that fourth outfielder. But right now it's looking like he's starting again. Oh, yeah. They definitely need him in center field right now. I, I know Talkman can play center field. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Brett Gardner in center field every day is the only thing I'm going to be comfortable with until Aaron Hicks comes back. I agree. I agree. Knows that ballpark way too well. Has been there for this will be his 12th year. I mean, yeah, it, it had to be done. And, you know, a lot of people were saying that they were waiting until Garrett Cole was signed to kind of see where their budget was going to be. And that's more news. Garrett Cole signed with someone. Yeah, very secondary to the Brett Gardner signing. Like a distant, yeah. distant second. Like right. Billy Bean, there's the Yankees, and then there's 50, 50 pounds of shit, and then there's us. Like Garrett Cole is the, the us under the 50 pounds of shit compared to Brett Gardner. But the Yankees did sign Garrett Cole to a monster, monster deal. It blew the last record out of the water. Mm-hmm. And it, it blew both records before Steven Strasburg signed the day before the record was David Price's seven years, 217 million. And then Strasburg broke that with seven, two forty five. And Garrett Cole just comes out of nowhere and gets nine years, 324, like well over a hundred million dollars more than the previous record was two days ago. Those, those giant contracts, they scare me. I like the idea of the opt out after five. Um, you know, I think, I think it's really for him though. That's right. like if he's still right. doing like if he's going to be a Justin Verlander type 37 year old, then that's going to be, you know, he can get paid again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, this is a move I feel like the Yankees had to make. Um, you know, they they have been for years. People have just been saying they're lacking an ace. They're lacking a true ace. And bringing Garrett Cole on board is basically it's like how Steinberg is like, OK, what now? What can you say about me now? Because I did it. You know, yeah, I dare anyone from Yankees Twitter to oh, Brian Cashman doesn't want to spend the money. Hal doesn't want to spend the money. Where are you now? Let's do one right. of those, those old NBC Where Are They Now episodes. Where are all the people who didn't like Brian Cashman because he was, oh, he's a prospect hugger and he doesn't want to sign the big free agent pitcher? Where are they at? Show me. Well, they just did. And, I mean, it's it's a hefty, hefty contract. But... I mean, it really does sound like Garrett Cole wants to he wants to win. And, you know, the Yankees really do have a winning lineup, Um, you know, but the big thing they were missing was an ace. You know, they had Luis Severino for half a season. And then last year he was hurt basically the entire year. You know, Tanaka is very on and off. You just really don't know what you're going to get with him. But with Garrett Cole, you can almost guarantee. And I looked at his stats almost every time he goes on the mound, he's going to give you seven innings of work. Yeah, and that was so huge for for what the Yankees needed this past season. Because, I mean, we talked about it all the time. By the time the playoffs came around, everyone was gassed. Chad Green had thrown so many innings. I actually looked back. Chad Green threw less innings this year than he did in 2018. But it was also like he missed a while because he got sent down. And just the way that he was getting used was, I I mean, they, they needed a guy who can come in and, you know, if you have a day off during the week, all of a sudden your bullpen could get two days off in a row which is so big for long-term health. Right. And I think, you know, uh, I did hear in terms of the Garrett Cole signing, big factors in that were obviously Andy Eugene Pettit, Andrew Eugene Pettit, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, full name, please. Full name. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Going to that meeting and um, also the acquisition, now it all kind of makes sense of Matt Blake and like the ideas of the analytics, the spin rate, all of that jazz. Like, 
I feel like that played a huge role in getting him over. I know Andy Pettit did, but I think Matt Blake might have played a pretty good role in getting him to sign with the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, that was something that that really impressed Garrett Cole was that he he talked to Matt Blake and they have the analytics and they have this the same style of of pitching philosophy. Mm-hmm. And that was something like, yeah, like this is somebody I want to work with. Like, I want to continue to improve the way that I've seen a lot of improvement with the Astros. I want to go to the same kind of situation with the Yankees where they value the same things that I've valued and that I've had success valuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, I fell asleep. I admit I was asleep when it happened. Phone starts buzzing and I'm like, what is going on? It's like 2.30 in the morning. Like, it just keeps lighting up from Twitter and stuff. And just like I was in shock. At two in the morning, I stayed up for, you know, two more hours. I just couldn't go back to sleep. I was like, I, I don't know how to feel right now. Like, I'm real excited, but I'm also really nervous. <laughs> I know I got to look back and see. Yeah. Two thirty in the morning. You just said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This had to happen when I'm asleep. What happened? <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly. So what you I, were, yeah, you were I, like, freaking out a little bit. My phone was right next to me and it just kept lighting up. So I looked at it and the top one was like here's how Garrett Cole um, will benefit the Yankees with the signing. And I was like, wait a minute. And I like scrolled down for a while until I found the actual signing tweet. Um, So yeah, I mean, awesome news. This is exactly what Yankee fans have wanted. So if you are going to complain about it, please don't complain about it. Um, The last time the Yankees spent a significant amount of money on a pitcher. Do you know when that was and who that was? I want to say it goes all the way back to CC, but I feel like there's going to be somebody in the middle years where it was just like this huge pitcher's contract that immediately failed. Although Tanaka's was pretty big too, seven years, 155 million. It was Tanaka. That was the last time that was in the end of 2013, beginning of 2014. Um, that worked out Tanaka. okay. Yeah, to seven years, 155 million with an opt out after the fourth year. But it's amazing to see how the money for these types of pitchers has changed just in like five years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane, especially with, you know, the luxury tax penalties now and the way the last two off seasons have gone, where it's like, no, like we, we want to stay away from those big money free agents because they, they limit us. They limit our payroll flexibility. We can't go out and make moves that we want to make when, you know, you have this huge contract. And if that contract's not doing well for you, Jacoby Evelsbury, it's just dead money. Right. So, I mean, they haven't spent money on a pitcher in a long time. Um, I mean, besides, you know, they did spend some money on Chapman and stuff like that, but they really just kind of used him as a rental for a while. Um, But yeah, that was the last time they really spent money on their starting rotation. And, you know, looking at their rotation down the line, you've got Garrett Cole, who's obviously going to be starting opening day. Um, I mean, honestly, can you not start him opening day? No, he's clearly the best pitcher on the team. Right. So he might be the Gar- best pitcher in the league. Right, right. So you got Garrett Cole, you got James Paxton, you got Masahiro Tanaka, you got Luis Severino, and then you've got that fifth spot that you're really, right now, Hap is in there, but I heard they're shopping him. So, you know, really not sure what's going to be happening there. But that's a pretty good rotation if all things go as planned. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be shocked if J-Hap is pitching for the Yankees next season. I think I, that fifth spot, it just screams Jordan Montgomery to me. I'm totally fine with that. Montgomery, he's not, yeah, he's not, never going to be an ace, but he could be like just a middle of the road starter where he's like, he's going to give you a chance to win almost every time he's out there. He's not going to shut the other team down for seven innings like Garrett Cole can, but I mean, he'll keep you in a game. 
like, and he's a southpaw. You know, they they definitely could use that. They, uh, I, I've always liked Jordan Montgomery and watching him pitch. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that he comes back and has a season like he did his rookie season, where he was essentially a dark horse in the uh, rookie of the year race. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit for that rookie season. If he is his, I think it was a three point eight two ERA. If yep. that transferred to 2019, he would add the best ERA on the team. Right. Like, right. that's how good he was his mm-hmm. rookie year, that he would have been yeah. the best pitcher by ERA on this team. Mm-hmm. And that's also how bad our starting pitching was this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the best part about this whole Garrett Cole thing is I, I just love that we have the potential for depth now. Um, you know, because, like I said, bullpen was always tired. Garrett Cole is going to, he's going to pitch his ass off and he is going to pitch long. He's going to pitch a long time. He's smart with his pitches. Um, I I think that's probably the best part to me. Yeah. I mean, just all around, uh, it was, it was the move that had to be made. And Mm -hmm. I was worried that the angels were going to just come out of the clouds and, and I mean, we might've overpaid for him by pitcher standards, but I thought the Angels were going to come back like, oh, you know what? Let's just tack a 10th year on there. Let's make it 360. Right. Like, no, once they started talking to Anthony Rendon and that kind of cooled that for me, I didn't really see I didn't really see Cole going anywhere besides the Yankees. I know the Dodgers were kind of involved, but I mean, they already have elite starting pitching. So it's like this was our clear need and we weren't pursuing anybody else. So it's just like it, it just made all the sense in the world for the Yankees to sign him to whatever contract it took to sign him. Right. I mean, the Dodgers are said like in the beginning of free agency that they had they have values listed on all these pitchers and players and stuff like that. And if they're not going over them, they have their they have their limits that they're going to go to. You know, like that's they basically rated all the starting pitchers, Anthony Rendon on a specific value that they see them and they had a dollar amount for it. So if Garrett Cole wants more than that, they weren't going to go for it, which I think is ridiculous, but you know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I think uh, this is a little bit of stats talk that I know I don't get too deep into the statistics part of this, but I think they value uh, every win above replacement at about $6 million. And the career projections for Cole said he was worth like, he was going to be worth $304 million for the length of whatever contract he got through age 37. So, I mean, $324, it's, it's a lot more than three or four, but it's also, it's not really. Right. When it right. really comes down to it. Interesting. Hmm. Stats. Fun. Yeah. So, I the mean, prediction is we're going, to get the, we're going to get the full worth out of Garrett Cole. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I see it. I see it. Mm. Um, I, you know, when it comes to other, I mean, really, there haven't been many other signings per se that are as vital as that for the Yankees. They lost Austin Romine today. Um, went to the Tigers, which I think is hilarious because all I can think about is the Tigers brawl. I know his brother's on the team, but like, wow, he got into it with Miggy. It's just like, just so weird for me. Yeah, not just anyone on the Tigers either, like the Detroit Tiger. Right. The right. main one. <laughs> I'm very interested. I would love to see a picture of them like meeting for the first time as teammates and be like, hey, man, sorry I shoved you in the face, you know, three years ago. Yeah, Austin um, Romine won that fight, by the way. I've seen a oh, lot of clips of it. He he won that fight so fair and square. Took his time. mask off and everything. Big time. And so, you know, with that, I know the Yankees, they have Kyle Higashioka. 
Um, but they also were looking into um, Maldonado as uh, Garrett Cole's personal catcher. A lot of people don't like the whole personal catcher thing. I personally don't have a problem with it, but I see where people might be upset. But, like, what do you do? Do you put Higgy as the backup? Do you search for another for a little more catching depth? I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do? I think, if anything, you have to go out and get a triple-A catcher unless you're willing to let Higashioka go because hey, he has uh, no options left. So if someone gets hurt, like, we know Gary Sanchez is going to get hurt at some point this year. Right. That's just Gary Sanchez. It's just Sanchez. inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So if you call Higgy up from triple-A, then... As soon as Gary comes back, you have to either DFA him or you have to waive the other catcher that you sign on the MLB roster. Mm -hmm. So the choice isn't, you know, who's going to be the best backup catcher. It's really how attached are you to Higashioka? And I think they're very attached. I mean, he's a good catcher, but mm -hmm. I would have I would have loved to keep Romine, though. I really, you know, especially the past couple of years, he really served as a high quality backup and, you know, stepped up when he needed to. He wasn't he wasn't all power. You know, he w didn't have the best arm. I, I did enjoy having him on the team. Yeah, um, he was a very good backup catcher. That's all it yeah, was. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, guess who else is on the market as a potential AAA backup catcher? Who's that? John Ryan Murphy. John Ryan Murphy. There we go. Bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> I, mean, I think we said it last week. It would just make all the sense in the world. For John Ryan Murphy to come back and be on the Yankees because he has no business in historic moments. But you just know, like, if we get John Ryan Murphy, that Gary Sanchez is going to pull a hamstring on the last day of spring training, and John Ryan Murphy is going to catch the first pitch from Garrett Cole. That's just going to happen. That's what's going to happen if we have him because he, for no reason, for literally no purpose, he's just involved in all of these major Yankee history moments. Yes. And he's exactly. John Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would just be the best. Like, can you just... I, you know what? Basically, whenever John Ryan Murphy plays, you know history is going to be made. And it's going to be something completely spectacular that you're just going to watch highlights for years to come. And people are going to see Mariano Rivera walking off the mound at Yankee Stadium for his final time. And people are going to be like, who's that guy? And you're like, oh, that's John Ryan Murphy. He is going to be a trivia question answer. Yeah, you what don't know John Ryan Murphy, Yankee legend? Right, exactly. Actually, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, one time I was at a game and I was sitting in the bleachers and John Ryan Murphy was up to bat because uh, it was like a Saturday. So, you know, backup catcher day, usually day game after a night game. So Jorge Posada was not playing um, and <laughs> John Ryan Murphy's up there. John Ryan Murphy... Gets uh gets buzzed with some high cheese, you know. So he's like, ah, getting pushed off the plate. Two guys behind me, very drunk, might I add, stand up and they're like, "How dare you!" Start just like yelling, railing on this pitcher, and they're like, "This guy is the most American American I've ever seen." And I was like, "This is the weirdest thing." Okay, um, you know, they sit down. He got a single. He got a hit. So he like was there, and then. He comes up the next at bat and they try to hit him again. And this guy stands up behind me and goes, sir, he is the all American hero. Do not touch him. He is a bald eagle. And I was like, what is going on? So ever since then, I always refer to John Ryan Murphy as the all American hero. Um, he also oh, I would have gone. I would have gone John Ryan Murphy, the bald eagle. 
<laughs> so, well, you've got the white whale. You've got the kraken. You not you gotta have. Well, Paxton is big maple. He can't be the bald eagle because he's Canadian. But he so, also got attacked by a bald eagle. I know. I remember that. Um, but yeah, so apparently John Ryan Murphy is the all-American hero. And I referred to him as that for years until he left. And people were like, why are you like calling him that? And I'm like, ah, well, long story, but uh, he's the all-American hero. Yeah, honestly, no, no nickname is worth John Ryan Murphy's real name. Right, so. exactly. Exactly. But um, I mean, the Yankees are, it sounds like the Yankees are probably not going to retain Dallin Batances which I don't like. Yeah, I, I'm starting to come to terms with it the way that I came to terms with the fact that Didi was leaving. Like, I don't want him to, but I'm also just kind of like, I've, I'm just trying to accept it. Like, listen, like, they, the way that it's gone in Dellen's arbitration the past few years, I wouldn't shock, I wouldn't be shocked if Dellen went to his agent and was like, I don't even want to hear a single thing Randy Levine has to say. Right? I don't want to meet with the Yankees at all. I just want to go somewhere else. I know. I mean, I heard that. Uh, I heard the Dodgers are looking at him pretty closely, so they could use some bullpen help. Um, I mean, I, you know, it, it's really amazing how, for quite some time, my my heart has been broken and healed within like hours from this sport. Yeah, you you have been on an emotional roller coaster it's, and I have the text receipts to prove it. Like when I found I knew Didi was going to go. I you just knew. You, you had to know. But still, hearing it and seeing it, I was like I was kind of like putting up my Christmas tree and I just I sat down and I was like I don't want to do anything. What do I do now? And I was like, I knew it was going to happen, but it's just still so painful. It's like I was prepared, but. <sighs> how do you how do you say goodbye to somebody who is so important to the team? I you know. Just can't. I know. I'm going to watch a lot more Phillies games next year than I've ever had before. Oh, yeah. Mostly Joe because Girardi. I want to see them beat the Mets. Yeah. You got Joe Girardi. You, David Robertson's there, too, right? Yep. David Robertson, maybe Dellen Batanzas. I, I see I would Batanzas love to see going that. to the Phillies, too. I would love to see that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my heart just, like, broke. And I just felt so, so sad. And then, you know, like, six hours later, they signed Garrett Cole. And I'm, like, on cloud nine. So. Yeah, you, you've been having a hard time this week. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole Brett Gardner thing, when they signed him, I was so excited. And then all of a sudden, like, an hour later, they were like, oh, yeah, Austin Romine signed with the Tigers. I'm like, oh. No, uh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm too emotional for this sport. People say yes. that baseball is boring and lacks emotion. Well, come on over, sit with me while we're watching a game. I will be the most bipolar person you have ever met. Uh, yeah, I vouch for that. It's just anytime anything happens, my phone explodes. You send me like 10 texts in a row. And then the next 10 texts are like super upset. Like, oh, like. DD got sent to the Phillies. Oh, this is terrible. And then like not even nine hours later, it's the happiest series of texts I've ever seen. And then Austin Romine leaves and now Dellen's going to leave. So I feel like this free agency is going to end on a bad note for you. But 
I don't know. It's bad right now because it went Dee Dee Garrett, Gardner, Romine. And so it's only got to go up, right? Uh, not with Dylan, though. Dylan's uh, gone. The reports are that, that he's just not going to be back with the Yankees. And who knows if the Yankees are going after Josh Hader. I did. I did lose you for a second there. But we were talking about Josh Hader. So I'll just cut this. I'll just cut this together when it's over. So let's just keep okay. talking. Yeah, Josh Hader. Um, you know, it seems like they're pretty, pretty interested, which actually would kind of make this entire bullpen the scariest thing I've ever seen, like even scarier than this year. Because who wants to go out there and face Chad Green, Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, Josh Hader, and Aroldis Chapman? Yeah, no, but I mean, Adam Adovino is going to be pitching in the fifth inning. Fifth. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's just stupid. It is pretty stupid. And Tommy Tight Pants. Can't forget about Tommy Canely. Oh, my God. I forgot. Oh, my God. Tommy, Tommy Thick Thighs. But really, you can't forget about Luis Sessa. Mm. The true closer of the 2020 Yankees. Correct. Only in one run games, though. Actually, uh, Barstool Hubs uh, tweeted something today about the bullpen and going after Josh Hader. And he was like, imagine facing all these guys. And I was like, wait, you forgot Sessa. <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we, we did the statistical analysis. You looked High up the numbers. situations. Yep, he is. High leverage situations. The GOAT. That's where Luis Sessa lives. Like, if he ended up being in that ninth inning of game six of the ALCS, Jose Altuve would have already struck out by that point that he hit this home run, apparently. Actually, he wouldn't have even been up that inning because Luis Sessa would have gotten all three people out, let the Yankees come up again, and let Aaron Judge do something miraculous. Yeah, and then just lock him down again. Two innings. Right, Can't exactly. touch Luis Sessa. I love Luis Sessa. <laughs> great guy, great guy. In fact, I'll have, sh- wild, I'll have to reshare my picture I took with him because it's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, because the signing I went to was the two of them, Gary Sanchez and Luis Sessa, who, by the way, vacation together. How adorable. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves Luis Sessa. He's just not very... I mean, he's only good in high leverage situations, obviously. But right. generally, he's just not very good. <laughs> But everyone loves him. When I went to that autograph signing with um, with the two of them, I bought the ticket for Sessa because it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, I feel bad. Like, probably no one's getting his ticket because Gary Sanchez is there. And they're like, who's this guy? This AAA dude. And um, so I went up to his table and I was like, hi, you know, like <laughs> I'm Allison. And I like introduced myself and I was like. You know, I like started like rattling off some of his stats and he looked at me like, you know who I am? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, obviously you're the best closer of all time. Clearly high leverage situations. Go check your own stats. Like you should be a closer somewhere. I don't think Luis Sess is going to be finding a closing job anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not. And definitely not with the Yankees, especially if they get Hater. I mean, Hater is a, a closer as well. I mean, Britain's a former closer. Ah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would be just top to bottom, the most lethal pitching staff maybe of all time. Ooh, I love it. Could do a bullpen day for that fifth rotation day, too. And just go like full in like, yeah, only our good pitchers are going to pitch. Right, exactly. Wow. That's, uh... I, I have to go back to winter meetings really quickly. Because yeah. I have 
I have a huge bone to pick with John Heyman. Why? I cannot stand. Okay, so a little preface. Uh, I was home from work this week. I, t- I took the week off because Josh and I were thinking about going to winter meetings. We ended up not going, but I decided to keep the days anyway. Correct. So we were just doing all the stories from home. So I had all my notifications on. I was by the television. I was like ready to go. I'm waiting for Garrett Cole to sign. And I shit you not, John Heyman must have tweeted, oh, Garrett Cole might get signed this week. Yankees, Angels, Dodgers, all still in the mix. Maybe a mystery team. Like 40 times. 40. You don't need to give that information so many times. It hasn't changed since the last time you gave the information. There's not like a, like an every hour. He has a timer set on his phone to be like, oh, I haven't updated anybody on the Garrett Cole situation that hasn't changed in the last hour. Let me make sure I tweet out the exact same information one more time. Like, come on, John Heyman. What are you doing to me? Well, what if people missed it? You know, not everyone has their notifications on for him. But you can just go to his Twitter. Listen, I want to know what's happening with Garrett Cole. Just type in Garrett Cole's name into the search bar and you're going to find out. No, he has to stay relevant. This is how you stay on top of things at the winter meetings. Okay, I know you're kind of like an amateur at this, but let me tell you, okay, you have to continuously tweet in order for people to see your tweets. Okay, not everyone just has. Well, not everyone just has it pop up at the top, you know, like Twitter's all weird now and it doesn't always do like in chronological order so the more you tweet the more people are going to see it and people like you yeah are going to get annoyed of course i just scroll right past it whatever but when something happens he's got it he's on it and people are like wow john Heyman for reported it first that i mean i actually think uh our buddy max who we're gonna have have on next week to talk about winter meetings he was there uh in the job market mm-hmm. and he said he was standing next to jeff Passon when he found out and he was just like, passed and just picked up his phone. He's like, for real? Oh, shit. And then just put it down and started tweeting. Amazing. Amazing. That's, that's how it should be done, the way Passon did it, where he's like, yes, I got the information. Let me relay the information instead of relaying the same information like a hundred times. Like, I bet if I looked at John Heyman's Twitter right now, it probably still say like his last tweet was a scheduled tweet, like Yankees, Angels, and Dodgers still on on Garrett Cole. But like he signed two days ago. <laughs> John Heyman is he had a reputation and he had to fix it this offseason. I don't know if you're aware of that, but like people he still just, has a reputation. He and still I, has I, a reputation. Not a fan. I'm but not a I fan think, of John Heyman. I think that he he did. He did good this this winter meeting. I think he did a really good job. Well, yeah, I because everyone was a Boris client and he's like the Boris guy to go to. Well, you yeah, know, hey, it pays to have connections, right? Yeah, I'm still I'm still mad at him here. about the way he treated. Oh, way too much. I'm mad about the way that he treated John Boy when John Boy broke the Joe Girardi to the Phillies news. Like that wasn't uh, yeah, that yeah. long ago. That was like it was, was like a like month a ago. ago. Yeah, and he just like treated him like he was nothing because he's not a verified or a verified writer with the IWBAA. Like, come oh, on. Oh yeah. Well, listen. I mean, John Boy and Jake were. Um, very active at the winter meetings. They got a ton of pictures with some very prominent people. They had a bunch of prominent people on their podcast. Okay, so you can continue to say, "Ooh, <laughs> you can continue to say that." Yeah, there was a cat. Sorry. Um, you can continue to say that they, you know, 
just there for the entertainment purpose. But guess what? We're all entertained and people respect them and people love them. Like Lindsay Adler was tweeting about them. Brian Hulk was like, that's uh, that's the highlight of, um, you know, those are the people I wanted to meet. Like, how cool is that? Good for him. I'm so happy for both of them. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's my point, though. Like, everybody loves these guys. Everybody recognizes what John Boy and Jake are doing for the sport of baseball. And then here comes John Heyman. Was like, oh, but these guys, they're not verified on Twitter. I don't care about them. <laughs> they're nobody hey, to at, me. Look at this. This is a um, it's a pen set, but they're golf clubs. <laughs> I got it for my boyfriend for Christmas. <laughs> don't tell him. Yeah, no, hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, are you kidding me? He would never listen to my podcast. Watch, he's <laughs> going to listen to it tomorrow morning. This is like, I've been listening the whole time, just waiting for you to slip up and tell James something that I wasn't supposed to know yet. <laughs> I Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this, this offseason is so good for baseball. So oh, good. So much better than last year. Just like in general, people are constantly saying baseball is boring, the free agency market, like it's not, it's not worth it, yada, yada. But like, this is probably the most excited I have been for an upcoming season, not just because of Garrett Cole, but just because of all the, all the buzz surrounding the sport of baseball. It should be the best too, because there's no, there's no salary cap in baseball. There's a luxury tax now, but if you want to blow over the luxury tax, you can do that. And all the contracts are fully guaranteed. So it's not like in basketball, there's only so much you can pay the players. So you kind of already know what teams can even be in on a certain player who becomes a superstar. And then that player is going to say, oh, well, I want to play with my friends here and the people that I like playing with here. So you kind of know where everybody's going to go already. But then you get a case like baseball where out of nowhere, I don't think I don't think the Angels were really too deep in on Anthony Rendon until the Yankees talks proceeded with Cole. Right. But then they just say, listen, this is the contract we're willing to offer you. And they come out of nowhere and they just offer the best deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you kind of have to take it. Right. I mean, why not? Why not? So uh, anyone else or what's like your offseason wish list for the Yankees? What else is on there? You know, they re-signed Gardy. They signed Garrett Cole. Uh, number one, first and foremost, I still want Dellen back. I love mm-hmm. Dellen. I'm not ready to let Dellen go. I, if we're in a situation where I, I don't even know where he would fit into this bullpen, to be honest, like, does he get the seventh inning? Does he get the sixth inning? I don't. Right. Who who even knows? The bullpen's just so good. Mm-hmm. But I definitely want to bring him back. I don't know. I think Cameron Mabin is still a free agent. I, I don't remember his contract situation, but hmm. if he is still a free agent, I'd like to bring him back, too. I think I think we found something in Maven last year. I'd like to I'd like to continue that, and we need outfielders. So, and he kind of takes over the the role that Didi held for a long time of that kind of team support. You know, like funny guy, just like constant positivity. Yeah, just having a good time. Right. And then my last thing, I I want to move Hap. I want to get Hap's money off the books. I don't want to see him in pinstripes again. 2018 was a really good half season for him. 2019 sucked, and I don't want to do that again. So I'd rather Jay Happ go somewhere else. Um, would you prefer to see that prior to the season beginning or even in the middle of the season? Uh, I don't know. I think I think prior because if he's as bad as he was last year, 
I don't think we're really going to get anything back for him. But I still think he like, he's a good pitcher who just had one really bad season. Like maybe someone will still take a chance on that. I also would have liked right. to see Blake Trinan, but he signed. So yeah, what are you going to do there? Right. I feel like if um with the whole break Blake Trinan signing, um I felt like the Yankees were going to offer something to Batanzas right then and there, just because. You know, you knew that they were kind of, they kind of had their eye on him. They weren't really sure. And I felt like they should have just signed Ellen Batances right there. Yeah. And just overall, I just want to, I, I want the rest of free agency now that the Yankees are more or less set. Like, I just want the rest to be an absolute shit show, like a complete <laughs> bloodbath. I want to see Francisco Lindor get traded to the Dodgers. I want to see Mookie Betts and David Price get sent to the Cardinals or the Padres. I just want to see, like, I want absolute chaos now. Like, next week, I want to come on here. I want to talk with Max for half an hour about the winter meetings experience. And then the next half hour, I just want to talk about all the crazy shit that just happened. Oh, yeah, 100%. That, uh... I, yeah, I'm really interested to hear about the experience of actually being there because, you know, I was here on my phone, <laughs> you know, scrolling through Twitter every hour of the day. But, yeah, I'm sure it's comp- I'm sure it's like paradise for a, a big baseball fan, like the people that want to be in sports media that want to be. Every- that's probably like your haven. That's where you want to be. Oh, yeah. And I, I talked to him. He said he had a few good meetings. He talked to a lot of interesting people. Obviously, he was standing right next to Passon when he got the Garrett Cole news. So I bet that was pretty interesting. Right, uh, right. Overall, great experience. I think I'd like to go next year. I think we were also was- toying with the idea of going to spring training. I know you're going to be going on vacation, but I think Josh and no. I wanted to go for work. No such thing as vacation. Um, I go for spring training. You are aware of that, right? Well, your spring training is your vacation. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going down, I believe, the, the first full week of March. And, um, yeah, I was trying to talk to a couple of people, kind of get an idea of, you know, if other people were going to be down there and stuff. But um, hopefully get to, to cover a couple games and just kind of get that experience in on the spring training level and really get a better idea. We usually go to the games as a family, but you know, we, we stay in like the Sarasota area. So it's maybe like 45 minutes to Tampa. Yeah. It's so gotta it's be a lot. Bad. Yeah. It's gotta be a lot tougher in, in the Florida league instead of it out in Arizona. Cause all the stadiums are like right next to each other. You can see three games in one day in Arizona. Right. Right. And yeah. in Florida, you're on like a five hour drive to get to the away stadium. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, last year, I went to a game at uh, the Orioles Park there in Sarasota. Um, went super early. My parents, like, dropped me off and went to a bar instead. Because <laughs> I was like, I want to get there and I want to meet the players. My mom's like, okay, we're going to go to a bar. So, <laughs> so I met Clint Frazier last year. Like, real friendly, came over. Um, you know, Tyler Wade was... Uh, was hanging out nearby, waving. Was he equally handsome in person? You have no idea. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Tyler Wade, most handsome man in baseball. He's number one on my... I've been compiling pictures of players with their off-season beards. And Tyler Wade's beard, li- or beard face is number one on the ranking. Interesting. Followed closely by Glaber. Glaber, low-key, he's getting a lot of hair. His I didn't beard think he face? could do it. Yeah, I didn't think he could do it. He's got like a lot of beard. 
right. I'm not going to lie. If we're ranking beards, I know he's not on the Yankees anymore, but um, Greg Bird. Eh, it looked a little scruffly. I love it. It's great. He's fishing down in Tampa. He's probably working out, trying to see if, you know, if people will take him on as a team. I hope someone takes him. I really do. He screams Colorado Rockies. You're right. He probably hit really well in that ballpark, too. Yeah, he would be an all-star for sure. You know what we didn't mention? Madison Bumgarner is looking for way too much money. It's like trying to get $100 million over five years. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. He's been, I mean, he's been pitching forever. Like, he might be a relatively young man, but his arm is like CeCe's age. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I, I'm stuck. I'm just reading this article from Sports Illustrated about Garrett Cole and, like, the whole process and stuff like that. First of all, I did not realize that Garrett Cole's father was born in Syracuse. Oh, hometown. Interesting. But apparently they Does that showed mean you guys him... are close personal friends? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Papa Cole. <laughs> um, yeah, it says apparently Garrett Cole impressed by Yankees 30-pound-ish contraption. Let's see what this contraption is. Hold on. You know what? I saw something about that, and it looked, it looked so insane. I just didn't read it. I was like, there's no okay. way... Like, All right. what is a, it? Quote, a 30-pound-ish contraption shaped like home plate with a giant interlocking NY that, when opened, reveals Yankee Stadium with an iPad in the middle that contains pretty much every question you would have about the franchise. All right, so it was a presentation tool. A really, yeah. really fancy one and apparently so, a really uh, heavy one. So it almost sounds like a model of the stadium with like an iPad. What? I guess. Like the field is the iPad. More than that. That can't be that impressive. Oh, you know, you know what else I just saw that, that we haven't addressed. Luke Voigt wants to keep number 45 for sure. Correct. It's too big, too big for Garrett Cole. I mean, that's hysterical. There's a video. I can't wait to watch this video as soon as we're done. But I'm sure it's it's a video of Luke Voigt, I'm sure, trying to justify getting to keep number 45. So, did you, you know what? I have a question, and maybe this is like a, a question for some of the millennials out there. Um, what is this freaking... I know what TikTok is, but now everyone has it. Like, the Yes Network has it. They just tweeted today. They were like, do you follow us on TikTok? And I'm like, What? Yeah, I, I have no idea how TikTok works. I only see the TikTok videos that make it onto Twitter, and they look kind of insane. So I, I don't like really I t- know. I feel like I need to be in on this, and I should download it. Like, I feel like that I should do that. But then I'm probably going to spend all night watching videos that really are stupid. You know what it feels like? It feels like Vine. Like, are you ever, Vine like- is the greatest invention in the entire world. I am so sad that it left. I have so many favorite vines. The best, I'll tell you the best one later. What else? Exactly. But that was that was to us like Vine was the shit. Like it was the everyone had to have a Vine and you had your favorite videos and you had your favorite pages. And now I feel like an old man looking back on these kids that are on TikTok and I'm like, why are you watching those videos? They're so dumb. And I think back to like high school, James. I'm like, bro, you were on Vine for like two hours a day. 
Vine was, yeah, I loved Vine and I still love Vine. Like, do you ever go on YouTube? I think my YouTube, like, front page is like, here's your suggestions. And they're all like, Vines you can't live without. And, like, you know, the important stuff and Brett Gardner highlights. Those are the two things that are up there. Of course, Vines were, that's how I got through studying for my finals in school, which were like super intense. They were worth half our grade for high mm-hmm. school which seems excessive, like three-hour tests for 50% of your entire grade. But instead of studying, I would just like pull up on my my iPod Touch, if you could believe that. That's how long ago it was. And I would just oh watch God. Vines for like two hours. Oh, yeah. So here here are my top four of the uh, um, the recommended videos for me. Top 10 Vampire Diaries plot holes you never noticed. Okay. I do watch a lot of Vampire Diaries highlights on here. And you're trying to find plot holes that you never noticed. Yeah, exactly. Um, two, The Good Place Season 2 bloopers. Great show. I only watched the first season. Great show. Well, Season 2 bloopers are up. Um, three, Brett Gardner career highlight home runs. Wow, so that's only number three on your list. Well, it's I'm, not in order. It's just like recommended. And okay, then but four, I'm sure there's an algorithm that's going to tell me that for whatever reason, the 12 hours a day you spend watching Brett Gardner highlights are less than the other videos that you're watching. Anyway, uh, <laughs> number four are uh, vines that butter your biscuit. Mm, what? Yeah, that's, that's, what such a, that's a weird term. What are they about? Are they about buttering biscuits? No, they're just uh, just a compilation of all sorts of different hilarious vines. And that's what they called it? Yeah. Yikes. I mean, it's like a fan-made video, you know? People are weird. No, I'm with the term, butter your biscuit. That's a weird term. I've yeah, never heard that before. I don't think I like it. Oh, well, sorry. Now you know. But yeah, the, uh, you know what? I'm going to... Here's what I'm going to do. By the end of the week, I'm going to make a TikTok. TikTok video. I'm going to make one. Don't know how. Don't know why. Don't know what about. But I'm going to do it. Well, you can always just post your reaction videos on there, too, I guess. Oh, I guess you're right. Nah. I think that's old content. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Not doing that. But no, I can definitely do. I will make a TikTok video and it's going to be hilarious and everyone's going to love it and it's going to go viral. And then what? I just for the record, your cat's butt is directly in the camera. Oh, <laughs> go away! Ah, she just kind of is. She's gone now. Well, no, her tail's right there. Yeah, she just wants to be pet. That's all. You see? You see James over there? Look at him. Look I don't think him. I don't think cats understand video chats. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> it's looking directly at me. It. Her. Her name is Tori. Right. Of course. Her. Not it. So you're going to make a TikTok this week. Yeah, I'm going to make a TikTok this week. And you're going to make an account and I'm going to make a video. And you're going to have to post all the videos on Twitter, too. You're going to have to take your TikTok and post it back on Twitter so normal people will see it instead of millennials. It's so complicated. Oh, my God. Someone called me a millennial on Twitter this week. I didn't like it. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a I don't know. It feels like an insult now. It does. It was about, um, I said, I don't care if the Yankees players have beards during the year. I just, okay. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And I said that and someone said, okay, millennial. Uh, I was like, all right, I see what you're doing here, but I don't, I don't care for it. 
I don't well, like I'm sorry, that one Karen. Bit. Do you not want Tyler Wade in a beard on the field? We all want Tyler Wade with a beard on the field. Yeah, most handsome man in baseball. Yeah, come on, Karen. What are you going to do? Both took a drink at the same time. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. This is uh, my last day before I go back to work. I'm back at work tomorrow. I feel I feel like I let my sleep schedule really get away from me. The thought mm-hmm. of going to bed today at like 1030 or 11 is very foreign to me. Because I've been going yeah. to bed. I was on West Coast time all week because I was trying to stay up until the last possible bit of news could come out of winter meetings. So. Yeah. You're right. When you texted right. me about Garrett Cole at 2.30 in the morning the other day, I, I was not even remotely asleep yet. Oh like my I had gosh. just turned my television off. I can't even imagine. No, I was sound asleep. Yeah. As I made it very clear. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there because it's going to take me a while to cut together the five seconds of, of audio that we missed. Because yeah, our that was weird, suffered. huh? It was really weird. But we'll cut it off there. I'm looking forward to seeing your TikTok. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. I got to think of a night. I'll think of one tonight and I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. So okay. By the time this drops, Allison Case will have a TikTok and she will have a video up. Oh, no, not by the time this drops. When is this dropping? I don't know, probably like noon tomorrow. No, not by noon. I have to work. It's got to be after work. All right, after work, this will be, this is a preview. If you have any ideas on what you're going to do yet, this is the preview. Go. I'm not telling you because it's hilarious and I, I already have my idea. Oh, God. All right. See you next week. Okay. Bye.